8.21 on this Friday morning, SEN Tassie Breakfast, Tim Payne out, David Lithgow in, and another man about to join us is going to reach a very, very nice milestone indeed tomorrow night when his jack jumpers run out at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre to take on the 36ers. It is the captain of Tasmania, Clint Steinle, who's been good enough to join us on the show. G'day, Clint. G'day, fellas. How are we doing? Going well, thanks, mate. Congratulations. Uh, what a milestone this is for you. 300 tomorrow night, as I said. Uh, heard your press conference yesterday. You haven't had a chance to reflect, you said, but uh, I'm sure you will at some stage. It's a, it's a pretty remarkable achievement, mate. Well done. No, thank you. Um, yeah, like you said, at some stage I'll uh, have a chance to reflect, but um, we don't have too much downtime over over the next 12 days um, with a lot of travel and and uh, three games. So maybe during the fever break, I can look back on uh, 302 games. I think it will be by then. It'd be fair to say you're a, you're a veteran very much now of the professional basketball scene. Um, I'm, I've been watching... I'm old? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, a young old person, but you've been around a long time. I've been watching St Mary's Gales for about 15 years from the early Della Diver and Paddy Mills days and, and days you're so familiar with as a, as a Gale yourself. Um, I just will touch on before we talk about it. I mean, that's St Mary's program, which, by the way, they look like they've got an incredible side today playing against New Mexico. If you want to tune in ESPN, go watch it. Lots of Australians. But as a, as a breeding ground for young Australian basketballers, Tell us about your experience at St Mary's and, and, and along with Mills and, and Dilly and, and Jock Landau and the Dukas of the world and we're seeing Kyle Bowen in Melbourne doing really well. Can you f- reflect on that for us briefly? Yeah, um, well, I guess it, I guess that pipeline all started way back with um, with Adam Caporn, I believe. Yes. He was the first Aussie to to head over there so he kind of paved the way and then went into Daniel Kickett and and um, as the names you've just just mentioned but um, I think you'll find the Australians that have gone through that program um, have come out the other side of it um, finding a lot of success in professional basketball all around the world and um, as you said it's, it's kind of a <laughs> a pipeline and a breeding ground for uh, really good Australian basketballers and um, having spent uh, my time alongside uh, Daly, Paddy Mills, um, early on Lucas Walker, Ben Allen, Carlin Hughes, um, yeah, just great people to learn from um, and see where their journey has started and, and where it's ended up and yeah, I'm just kind of trying to follow follow their lead, follow in their footsteps and, um, um, yeah, make a career of, of basketball. But um, St. Mary's definitely helped me along the way in, in achieving, um, I guess, up to 300 games now. It's been a, a wonderful journey, Clint. Um, Townsville, Cairns, a couple of championships at the Wildcats. So I'm really interested, though, how it all came about that you landed here in Tassie. What was the, who asked you about Tasmania first and what was your initial reaction about potentially coming down here? Uh, well, yeah, the first person to ask me was, um, was Scott Ross. And uh, I was coming off, uh, off of contract in Perth and, um, yeah, obviously had a lot of success in Perth. And um, my, my 
wife and I and um, our son at the time, um, he was kind of just along for the ride, I guess, but my wife and I were trying to figure out uh, what's next. Do we do we stay in Perth where we, we really love it or we try something new? And um, in the end, it was, uh, let's go down to Tassie, try something new, put our, uh, our handprints on a organisation that's just starting out um, and trying to help build something special and um, I feel like we've been able to do that in the <coughs> in the first uh, two and a half seasons almost um, but yeah looking back on the decision to move um, it turns out to be a, a really good one basketball wise and, and also off court wise um, given uh, how much my family loves uh, being down here uh, tell us about the, the the culture, and everyone talks about that word culture. Maybe it's a little bit overplayed at times, but I'm fascinated from you, who's been a, a pro basketball for a long time, that you've come to the organisation down here and played in the grand final instantly, very close last year, on track again to compete this year. What makes the Jack Jumpers tick? Can you put your finger on it in terms of is it Scott Roth's influence, the culture um, abroad? Um, Tim how the Payne teams... helps set it up. He, well, he'll he tell you it's Tim. all because of him, and we know it's not. <laughs> but in a, it, quite, I'd love to know from your perspective what, what's the real driving force. Well, I, I think it's pretty clear that the early driving force was, was Scott. Um, he did a lot of the, the heavy lifting um, in terms of getting the team together in that those first two years um, and from there it's uh, I guess the way he wanted the club or the team to operate early on um, had come down to his vision and everyone that had come into um, the club to play it was we kind of fed along to that and um, I mean the values that he wanted in the club and obviously we had guys coming from different organisations bringing their um, influence or bits and pieces um, that they had used previously that they found successful and we kind of put it all together and I guess when you, you talk about culture it, it's not a um, it's not something that just remains static it's, it's going to continue evolving as we bring more players in um, over the history of the club and um, they just kind of continue to add to it um, long after the inaugural guys are gone um, and it'll keep evolving and that's a, a really good sign of a really good club is it's not going to remain the same forever um, they're going to keep growing pick out the great things that work uh, in professional sports and in the in the front office um, and, and keep making it work that way Big game tomorrow night, Clint. It's it's pretty exciting. You're off to Adelaide to take on the 36ers for your milestone game. Five wins, four losses from your nine starts this season. How do you, how do you play heading into tomorrow night? Yeah, well, I guess uh, we're in an okay spot right now. We uh, we had to fix some things up defensively uh, heading into that Brisbane game, and uh, most of it was just around our intensity to cause havoc, really. Um, I, I think we have the number one offense um, in the league, but um, our defense hasn't been uh, where it needs to be, as we've seen in the first two seasons, where we kind of turn it into a game that becomes scrappy and both teams finding it hard to score, whereas this season has been a bit more free-flowing. So 
Um, I think you would have seen in that Brisbane game up in Launceston just the intensity to continuously pick up full court, um, randomly trap um, ball handlers, and I guess the backside of the defense is just flying around trying to get deflection. So um, that was one thing we needed to do to fix, and we put a foot in the right direction against Brisbane, and now we've got to try and do it again, but probably be a bit more disciplined about it. It's certainly the question I was going to ask you, and Brent and I were talking about it off air, and that defensive sort of mindset, and everyone's got their challenges. No, Kenyon this year, no, McDaniel, very defensive-minded players itself. I'm sure you, even yourself, Clint, you've, you've had some challenges on the defensive end. Uh, it does feel, from the outside looking in, that that is a, has to be a real focus moving forward. That you just You need to get better in that end, don't you, really, as a team? Absolutely, and like you said, it does a team. Um, that's our defense is purely been based off um, five guys being connected out onto the floor. Um, at some stage, you're going to have have to guard your guy one on one and and take a stand and and don't let him get into the keyway. But uh, a lot of our defense is, is based off of team concepts. And um, yes. like I said, in that Brisbane game, we. We took a step in the right direction of being more connected in the full court, um, helping the guy in front of you. Um, so, yeah, like I said, going into Adelaide, they got some uh, real offensive weapons. So we'll just have to do the same and um, make them uncomfortable. Um, and it's going to come back to the team aspect of uh, um, being a, a team-based um, a defensive unit. Well, mate, good luck. 300 NBL well game done. tomorrow night. It's a, it's an unbelievable thing you're about to go and do. We wish you all the very best, and thank you so much for talking to us on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. No worries, guys. Thank you. I also have the most interesting guy in the world next to me, Jared Bear, so if you want to <laughs> ask him any questions, far away. We, we should throw one to JB. Well, you know, you know that um, Jared's not going to score heavily, but my goodness, he'll bang. And oh. I really appreciate your work last week in Launceston, young oh. man. What, why were you on the score sheet last week, though, JB? Uh, I have to direct that question to the NBL. <laughs> it was one of the more bizarre Amazing. moments, was it? Good to talk to you, boys. Good luck tomorrow night. Thanks so much for being on the line, Clint. All right. Thanks, guys. There he goes, Clint Steiner, the captain of the Jack Jumpers. We're late for the news. Here it comes for you now.